Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. We have a new Patreon member, Holly. Welcome to the crew, all the way from Australia. So excited to have you. Come, let's chat on Discord, get to know each other. And... For those of you who do feel like supporting the podcast, but Patreon feels like a bit too much for you, you can just give us a tip if you really like the episode or love what we're doing over at PayPal, which is paypal.me slash songs. And if you want to join our Patreon for bonus content and Discord server and all that fun stuff, you can also do that at patreon.com slash songs. With all of that being said, let's get into today's episode. Jenna, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about music and politics, because some people think music and politics shouldn't go together, and as we've seen, especially in recent years, it's a lot more important to stand up for what you believe in. And so we're kind of going to look at how from the early 2000s to now, the role of politics in music, entertainment, sports has changed, because it didn't always used to be super acceptable to talk about politics openly in public. It wasn't super acceptable for musicians to talk about it. And of course, throughout history, there have always been musicians who have stood up. And especially, you know, going through like the Vietnam War and eras like that, people were very political. The civil rights movement, so much political music came out of that. But Mm -hmm. when we look at the early 2000s, with 9-11 happening, it was very much just like everyone was Team America. And it was kind of like, we're all in this together. And for better or worse, it was just like an era where we didn't really talk about it. And this perspective too also has to do with our age. Because like, obviously, like our parents, for example, have a very different perspective of this. Or like they were involved in the political process for a lot longer than we were. Whereas like, if you were born in the 90s, you have a very different relationship with politics where like the Donald Trump era might be the most you ever cared about politics just because Mm -hmm. of the time period that we grew up in. And so we're going to be looking at how musicians have kind of reacted and interacted with politics over the past two decades. And like this is something that is super important because like Jenna mentioned in the early 2000s especially following 9-11 America truly came together and it wasn't so much in like a nationalist idea it was just in like we have to support our neighbors like we have to show love to each other like having the American flag up in your yard was not something that signified that you were one political party or the other it just showed that you were taking a stand with your american brethren and you were like caring about the people amongst you in the country and so it really was a very interesting political climate and i mean i feel like for most younger millennials and 
probably older millennials too. Like we all sort of grew up with our parents telling us, oh, when you meet new people, when you go out on dates, when you do these things, like the things to not talk about are religion, politics, and money. And nowadays, all we talk about are religion, politics, and money. And it's because number one, the zeitgeist has changed, but also just the political climate has severely changed since they grew up. And also just like since the early 2000s, it's changed drastically, primarily because of Donald Trump becoming president. But just to like give a prime example, which I'm sure we're all aware of because we have talked about this in our country music episode, but also this is just always brought up anytime music and politics is brought up in an article or what have you, is of course the Chicks, previously known as the Dixie Chicks, and how in 2003 they took a very strong stance against the current president, George Bush, and well, his want for an Iraq war. I wouldn't say a very strong stance. They made a passing comment at one of their concerts in London and it blew up. But it was a very strong stance because you do not talk about politics in the early 2000s. So any stance that's against what America is doing at the time was viewed as a strong stance, I would say. And I feel like that's why there was so much backlash. So just as a refresher for everyone, when they were playing in London, the singer Natalie Main said that the band was ashamed to be from the same state as Bush. So like literally not even not even criticizing the most passive way of criticizing someone but especially also because they were within country music which was very conservative and very nationalist very pro-america that it was like a huge deal and so again like we had spoke about in our country music episode, the chicks wound up being completely ostracized by country and Republicans. And even just like some other media outlets were kind of like, what are they up to? I mean, obviously, now we look back on it. And a lot of people were very anti the Iraq war or just George Bush's presidency in general. But at the time, again, like this wasn't really something people talked about outside of their close friendship circles. And so the phrase that was really coined against the chicks was the phrase shut up and sing which was used against them all the time which is like this is not your job to be talking about politics your job is to be singing and so conservative talking heads used to and still do kind of use that response of like shut up and sing or like shut up and dribble your basketball like oh you're just a football player you're just a dancer you're just a social media person who are you to be talking about politics but again this is fear-mongering and this is what conservatives do and this is what they have done especially since they've been so empowered by the Donald Trump presidency, is that these talking heads who also don't really have that much of a right to be talking about politics, they're just news anchors. A lot of them haven't studied political science or anything of the nature. They're just like broadcast journalist majors, you know? They get on TV and they act holier than thou and they try and scare people into not talking about politics. And basically it's like they want politics to remain something that number one isn't talked about, but number two isn't accessible. Because when things aren't accessible, it makes it so much easier for people to just follow the crowd and do what the people around them are telling them to do, which is why you see a lot of correlation between how the counties that are voting highly in the Republican direction are also highly uneducated. And because of this, the conservative talking heads continue to want them to be uneducated and they want these numbers to stay that way because if these things are accessible and these people are educating themselves, they know that they're going to wind up being more left-leaning because more left-leaning politics do help lower-class people. But they don't know that because they're being 
essentially brainwashed to believe one way or another. And so when you have musicians speaking out, it's super important because they can make something more accessible and more interesting for people, especially right now when teaching the youth of America about what's going on in politics in a way that's easily digestible, easy to understand is so, so, so important because they're growing up in legitimately tumultuous times. Like the political climate of America, and I'm not trying to like scare anybody, but it's genuinely terrifying of just how much power the conservative party believes that they have because they are slowly but surely, and this has been proven, like trying to take away rights and access to anybody who's not a cisgender straight white man. And this has been seen with the gerrymandering and how voting rights and they don't want to pass the Voting Rights Act and all these things and also all the abortion bans going on in southern states and like... So much, so much nonsense is just proving how empowered and emblazoned these conservatives feel based off of Donald Trump becoming president. And so politics being more accessible and something that younger generations understand is really important. And that's why it's important for the people that these younger generations look up to should be talking about something like this. But of course, there's always the hypocrisy of it all, which is that if a musician is advocating for the conservative party, there's no problem with it at all. And so I found an article in the Washington Post by Eugene Scott in 2018, which happened right after the Grammys. And there was like this skit with James Corden and Hillary Clinton, in which James Corden was like making a joke that lots of political people have a Grammy award for the best narration of a book. And Hillary Clinton is one of those people. So he like brought her on to do this skit where she was reading this book called Fire and Fury by Michael Wolff, which detailed the chaos of the Trump White House. And so because of this, it was viewed as an anti-GOP thing, an anti-Trump thing, of course. So like a lot of people took to Twitter to speak out about it. Nikki Haley, who is the US ambassador to the United Nations, said that the moment killed the Grammys for her. And she tweeted, don't ruin great music with trash. Some of us love music without the politics thrown in it, which is just so hilarious and ironic because then Eugene Scott goes on to put together some great examples of musicians supporting the GOP party. One of them being Loretta Lynn, who we mentioned in our country episode because she has a song called The Pill, which was advocating for oral contraceptives and for women to have choices over their bodies. She came out voicing her support for Donald Trump, which is so cute and ironic. But then we also have singer Joy Villa who wore a Make America Great Again dress featuring the president's name in boldly sparkling letters to the 2017 Grammys after Trump was inaugurated. However, she also recently joined a public conversation about sexual assault when she accused former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski of slapping her bottom during a holiday party at the Trump International Hotel in Washington. And I just think like this is like a prime example of women who have conservative values, but then things like this happen where she came out to publicly speak out against sexual assault but she doesn't realize the amount of just like misogyny that's ingrained within the conservative party yeah well I mean like this is the thing is like you said there's so much hypocrisy in it but it's also that thing where being a conservative and being a woman are polar opposites essentially because you're (laughs) Your best interests aren't at the heart of their campaigns. It's like they don't care about women in the slightest. As I said at the beginning, they care about cisgender straight white men, you know? And so there's always going to be these issues of like, oh, you might think Donald Trump was like 
quirky and fun or whatever when he was running for president initially, but he wound up being the worst thing for American politics and the American people like possible, you know, and the conservatives have proven time and time again that they don't really care for women, even women in the conservative party have proven that they don't care about other women because they're just like, well, I'm okay. So who cares about these other ones, you know? But the hypocrisy again comes in when you have these talking heads on conservative news stations who are yelling at people who don't work in politics for talking about politics. But then when people back their cause, they're like, heck yeah, I love this. And a prime example of that is Kanye West, who a lot of people were not expecting to be backing a conservative person. And when Kanye West is out and about wearing his Make America Great Again hat and talking about how Donald Trump is great and how they're friends and have all these connections and whatever, the conservatives are like, oh my God, this is incredible. I love this. And it's like, why is this incredible and you love this? Why is this okay when this man is up here screaming about your president because he's your president? Like he's who you are backing. And it's like, what? why, why is it all right for this to be happening when he's clearly like doesn't know what he's even talking about in a lot of these cases? And it's not okay for other people to be talking about things in like a genuinely well-educated way. It just... Yeah. And I think like what we keep coming back to here is that you won't see a lot of Democrats calling out musicians or entertainers or athletes because they're talking about politics. For the most part, I think Democrats support, like, they want everyone to have the right to vote. They want everyone to be educated about who they're voting for. Because most of the time, and we'll get into these examples, but people are like, go vote. They're not telling you who to vote for, necessarily. Some of them are. But that's the biggest thing, whereas conservatives are like, if it's not supporting the conservative party, then you shouldn't be talking about it. So the way that they go about it is actually trying to suppress people's vote and people's education about politics. Yeah, it's literally like freedom of speech, but only when it's about what I want you to be speaking freely about. Yeah. Which is just insanity. But I did just want to really quickly before we get into why it actually is important for these musicians to be speaking out about politics in an educated manner is to quickly bring in what I was speaking about earlier about like why it's so important for the youth to understand that politics is something that's easily digestible. And I feel like this ties in directly with why it's so important for artists to be outspoken that they do partake in politics and do think politics are important. And so there is this article written on PBS by Bushra Amiwalam in 2020 called Engaging Young People in Politics. And basically what she was saying in this article is that power is constantly being withheld from young people, which limits and binds the type of organizing and political involvement they have. Interpreting low voter turnout by young people as evidence of apathy ignores the structural and organizational obstacles to electoral participation many young people face. It also ignores the distrust many young people feel towards traditional institutes of governance. It's so perfectly worded that I don't even have a rebuttal to it. That is just like she hit the nail on the head with what is going on here. And it's again what I was bringing up before about how these young people are growing up in such a tumultuous political climate that they have so little access to things and they need 
the people that they look up to to be making politics understandable to them. Because even when we learn about politics in school, it's always just like ye old politics or stuff that's so disinteresting yes. that we don't oh even understand <laughs> that politics can make sense or be something that we personally can have a part in. I was just thinking back to like history classes and stuff and like government classes. It's always like, here's the three branches of government. And then the Senate has this many seats. And then the House has this many seats. And this is how they vote. And it's like, that only marginally matters when you're going to vote. Like it doesn't really matter for you to know that information when you're going to vote. Like it would have been so much more helpful if they were like, here are the current issues that our world is facing. Let's discuss these issues. Let's discuss war. Let's discuss environmental politics. Let's discuss lobbying. Things like that would have made so much more sense. And this is why it's so fucking boring to learn about (laughs) politics in school because they teach you the most rudimentary stuff that like doesn't actually matter when it comes time to vote. And that's why it makes it so difficult for young people to be interested in voting or to even know where to begin when it comes to voting. Well, this is always the issue with school is it's like they teach you all this useless shit because they're like, oh, you should know about the past. And it's like, yeah, the past is important, but it's like I you leave school and it's like I don't know how to do taxes I don't know how to pay my bills I don't know what's going on in the government what the fuck is the green deal like what do you mean my abortion rights aren't they're they're not a law they're a right like what does that mean like what's the difference between these things like what do you mean like this can so easily be taken away from me it's so insane that they'll teach you a story or the history of how something happened but they won't teach you like what it actually means because they're just like yeah Yeah. Roe v. Wade and it's like oh I'm almost 30 and I'm just just now realizing that like that's not an actual concrete thing that was passed and it can just be like thrown away because people have loopholes and it's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah <laughs> i would love to know for any of you listening come hit up us come hit us up on the dms i would love to know if you had a better understanding of politics in a different country growing up yeah. because clearly america is bad at teaching children anything but i totally agree with you that the way this journalist like put this makes so much sense of it's not that young votes are declining because they're disinterested it's because they literally do not know and we're not setting them up to know and it's also just so ironic that the conservative party loves to talk about pro-life but then they don't want to teach their children about politics it's one of those things where like when Greta Thunberg was a whole big thing I mean of course like she still is but you know what I mean like when she was starting her campaign and she was speaking at the United Nations and all this stuff so many people were like you're a child this is for you it's like what the fuck she's inheriting this planet we're all inheriting this planet and it's not for us it's not for us to say what should be done to it like that's absolute bullshit yeah and that's the thing is like there's always these reasons behind like why kids don't need to know it's like oh we don't need to stress them out we don't need to worry them we don't need this we don't need that and it's like kids aren't stupid like we're aware that you go outside and the air doesn't smell fresh. Like you, we're aware that dad's working 20 hours a day. We're aware that mom doesn't make a lot of money or whatever the case is. Like we're very, like kids are not we, but like children are just like so much more aware than we give them credit for because it's so easy to overlook them and discredit them because adults mm-hmm. are just like, no, we're the smart ones. And it's like, but how did you get smart? Like who yeah. decided you were smart? Who decided these things when we've all been a essentially taught the same shit and you guys were probably taught less than even we 
we were when you were going to school because there was less history. Like you were living through the history we're getting taught. And like <laughs> you clearly haven't learned from it because a lot of you are like still fucking racist and still insane about a lot of stuff. And it's just like, what's the point? What's the point? Well, also, I mean, okay, I don't want to get too much on a tangent. So I'm just going to say so we can move on to the next thing. But I mean, it's also like right now how they're trying to ban critical race theory from schools and they're literally banning books about Nazis from schools because like it it all ties back together of keeping people uneducated means that they can't think critically for themselves and they just have to follow what they're told and we would literally all be so much better off if people were taught critical race theory from like a young age because so many white people never have to deal with that bullshit in their life and then you can't empathize with people you can't sympathize you have no idea what it's even like and you can literally just live your whole life in that ignorance if you want to unless you're taught to think critically about the other side yeah and like that's the thing is it's also like there's so much stuff that only exists in america because america honestly was bred on white supremacy no matter how much we want to believe that we weren't and so you have these things where america can't seem to understand that things other than skin color create race And in not teaching things, that's how history repeats itself. And that's how you wind up having another Holocaust. That's how you wind up rehabbing these issues. And literally, like right now, there's discourse on TikTok right now, people of color even who are just uneducated and don't understand being like, well, Jews aren't a race. And it's like being Jewish is an ethno religion. Like you're that religion because of where you were living. Like and it's that's how that's how the Nazis were doing they're Nazi shit, you know? And like, if we're not taught about this in school, then kids will continue to only understand race in a very Americanized way and not understand that it's so much more than just the color of your skin. And again, this is how you breed people believing that skin color signifies like who's most important. And again, this is why it's so necessary and important for people who have any sort of platform to be speaking out about these topics that are so hard to digest and understand because people have gone out of their way to make them inaccessible to people yeah. and make them yeah. hard to understand because if you educate youth when they're young then they'll all grow up and be changed and it's the same thing of how you have these big voices on the Republican side of politics being like oh well if we got rid of the electoral college then Republicans would never win again and it's like yeah doesn't that fucking prove a point Like every vote should fucking count. Space of land should not be getting more votes than actual humans. Yeah. Founding fathers really did a number on us. And now everyone's (laughs) like, no, we can't change it. They're the founding fathers. They knew exactly what they were doing and it was going to be right forever. Like, oh my God. Like That's why there are amendments because we were supposed to amend the constitution. Like that was the whole fucking uh, point of it. uh, Oh my God. It's ridiculous. But just to prove with numbers how much somebody with a large platform and a huge fan base can actually have a role in affecting politics and, and making people understand how important this is, we have to use the Taylor Swift example because, of course, as we talked about in our Taylor episodes, like Taylor has been very mum throughout her whole career about her political standing. She was essentially used as the face of the Aryan nation without her approval and a lot of people myself included i think had the assumption that she was probably a republican just based off of where she was living the way she looked and the fact that she wasn't talking about politics because she was coming of age in a time where people her age were talking about politics so amongst the downfalling of our government after donald trump became president 
I think Taylor finally realized that like you can't just be quiet because the media is bullying you and you don't want to be tied to a woman that the media like another woman that the media is bullying. And so during the 2018 Tennessee midterm race, Taylor Swift finally came out and announced that she was voting for the Democratic uh, nominee for Tennessee and why she was voting for them and why this was important. And if you've watched her documentary on Netflix, you also see her essentially fighting with her dad and other people, other men that she worked with about like why now is the time to make the stance. And they're very like anti her doing that, which again is kind of like the, oh, you're conservative and too proven otherwise. And like, we don't know what backlash you're going to get for this sort of thing. And I feel like if you're going to allow a white girl to hide behind the face of the Republican Party just to make your life easier. Like maybe question, maybe you should think about that. But in that being said, after Taylor made this post, according to vote.org, there was a significant increase in voter registration after Taylor linked to their website. And so Kamari Guthrie, who's director of communications for the nonprofit vote.org, told BuzzFeed that the numbers had spiked both nationally and in Tennessee, which is Taylor Swift's home state, after she posted on Instagram. And Guthrie said to BuzzFeed, we are up 65,000 registrations in a single 24-hour period since T-Swift's post. And I feel like while you can't 100% tie every single registry to Taylor Swift, you can at least tie half of them to her. And I feel like that just proves like how much power one person's voice can have. And also just for comparison's sake, Vote.org registered 190,000 new voters in September and only 56,000 in August. So comparatively, okay, allegedly Taylor Swift helped register more voters in a 24-hour period than they registered in all of August. So yeah, there's definitely power in the numbers. And as Sarah mentioned, this was the first time that Taylor Swift like actually spoke out supporting either party, any of the parties. And she says, I always have and always will cast my vote based on which candidate will will protect and fight for the human rights I believe we all deserve in this country. I believe and fight for LGBTQ rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong. And then she goes on to say, so many intelligent, thoughtful, self-possessed people have turned 18 in the past two years and now have the right and the privilege to make their vote count. But first you need to register, which is quick and easy to do. So obviously she gave the info for vote.org. But I think this was also kind of around the same time period when Taylor was going through her court case for the sexual assault thing with a radio host who like grabbed her butt when they were taking a photo together. So I think she, as we talked about, you know, at length in our Taylor episode, like she was learning to find her voice and learning to stand up for what she believed in because she grew up in an era where she was told not to talk about these things. And the fact that any of these artists can like have that type of impression on young people is like so important because Billie Eilish essentially has done the same thing. And so with Billie Eilish, you know, her and Taylor are like two different generations. Billie really being part of the Gen Z generation. And we have a great article that was put together by Janessa Williams for the 45 in which she's talking about like Billie Eilish and her politics. And she writes that in June of 2020, so this tour obviously got canceled, but before the tour getting canceled, she had teamed up with the impartial voter registration 
registration called Headcount and was scheduled to bring them on tour with booths to sign up concert attendees to be able to register to be able to vote. And then also in August of 2020, she performed a song called My Future at the Democratic National Convention and reminded fans again to make sure they're registered to vote. And so Janessa writes, for someone who openly admits that politics isn't really her preferred topic, she's constantly using her voice in a useful and non-aggressive way. And I think that's so important of even if Billy is like, I don't want to get too political about things, she's still out there advocating for people to learn, advocating for people to vote, advocating for people to educate themselves on the topics because these are things that are going to affect all of us and especially like her generation as we're like drawing this difference between her and Taylor of young people really do need to pay attention to this stuff because it's going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so also in this article, Janessa pulled a quote from Billy when she was speaking at the convention. Like Billy said during her performance at that convention that the only way to be certain of the future is to make it ourselves. And I feel like that is, again, just like a very on the nose explanation of what's going on here. And also proof of how different like Taylor's generation so like my generation of people were brought up to like how Billy's generation of people have been brought up because Billy and people her age and a little bit older have been brought up in again like this very tumultuous time of politics and so you're kind of taught that there are two very clear sides of the table whereas when we were growing up it's kind of like oh you could reach across the aisle very easily it was very easy to be friends with somebody who refers themselves as a republican or whatever what was like not the same political side of the aisle as you because at the time it very much looked like politics and everything was moving in a very positive direction very slowly might I add, but it was moving in like a positive direction. And then once Donald Trump starts running for president and like the waves start, like (laughs) there starts to be kind of a motion in the ocean of badness. It just becomes a lot more clear that it's not so easy anymore to say you're I'm a social liberal, but like a fiscal Republican, like that's bullshit. Like you can't just vote Republican because you don't want your taxes going up because you have money anymore. Because when you vote for Republican now, you're not only agreeing with that, you're kind of agreeing with their views on women, their views on people of color, their views on immigrants, all these things that have always kind of been there, but like haven't been key focuses. They've just been kind of like thrown in on the party thing where people know that they probably are not going to be the best, but It's not going to like cause so much turmoil between people, whereas now it's like the parties are so separated and teenagers understand this that you kind of have to educate yourself. Otherwise, you're screwing yourself over. And so when you have these young artists being so loud and brazen about the fact that politics are important and politics play a role in everybody's lives and that's why voting is so important. Like that just goes to show that the future is going to be in good hands eventually. But it's just like if America can actually get there before falling into a fascist turmoil. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And also just going back to what you said about pre-Donald Trump, it feeling like there was hope. I mean, Obama's whole platform, I'm pretty sure was hope. And especially like him being elected like the first time, like it was like, oh, my God, our first black president. America's taking, you know, steps in the right direction, whatever. But... I think also to say that like it felt like it was being moving in a positive way is also we should recognize the fact that there's privilege 
and like Mm -hmm. thinking that things are moving in a positive direction because there's probably a lot of minority communities that would feel otherwise. I think it's so much clearer for us to see now looking back now that America is so like left or right. There's so much dichotomy in these parties. Whereas before, really, you're probably only realizing that politics were still benefiting the majority if you were either educated or you were part of the minority that was facing those things firsthand. And so there's a bit of privilege with thinking that politics benefits the majority, but also there is a privilege to being able to be educated and understand that about politics. Because like the examples we're going to get into next, like especially with Cardi B talking about politics, is there's probably a very large amount of people like youth and people of color and even LGBTQ folks who don't see themselves reflected in the political system. They don't see themselves reflected by representatives. They're Mm -hmm. not taught about how to stand up and advocate for themselves within the political system and so they think politics is just not for them because there's no place for them in it and like that's absolute bullshit like as we keep saying it's that mentality and i'm not i'm not ragging on the minorities who think this i'm ragging on the political system that wants to keep those people oppressed because they want them to keep thinking like there's no space for you in politics here and therefore we can keep doing what we want without considering your needs Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think that that's definitely like what it was. Like I can like I know that I grew up in a very privileged place and space, especially as somebody who is Jewish and growing up in like a place where it was very safe to be Jewish, as well as just like with my parents never really like hiding things from me. Like if I ever had questions about politics, like any questions that I had. But I mean, also growing up, like we had friends who were Republicans. We had friends who worked in government who like I growing up was like, why are we friends with these people when they're working with somebody we openly talk about at home that we like have views against like I don't understand and it was kind of always taught to me like well I don't want to rag on my parents for it but I think again like they were brought up in such a way that it was always like oh you don't talk about politics and if the politics aren't affecting people negatively which it felt I guess to them it probably felt like it wasn't yeah which isn't their fault it's just kind of the world that we were brought up in is it's like when you grow up seeing your schools getting desegregated and women getting more rights and all these things like it does feel like forward momentum because again like they were also not taught that much about it they can only answer the questions that they actually have the answers to 
And having conversations with them now, it's kind of like, especially with my mom, it's kind of like that understanding of, I don't like how much you're kind of like, I don't want to talk to these people anymore, but I can see where you're coming from when people are so unwilling to change their mindset on things when they're seeing that the crack in the sidewalk is now a crater in a sidewalk. Yeah, because for our generation, it's so black and white because like we're young enough that we can adapt and realize if you don't think I should have rights over my body, I don't want to be <laughs> talking to you, period. Like yeah. that type of thing. Whereas like before it was the agree to disagree and let's just not discuss it. Whereas we're like, no, that's fucking bullshit. I'm yeah. not gonna be nice to someone who thinks I shouldn't have rights. Well, also because before Donald Trump was in power, it kind of felt like politicians were all talk when they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm anti-abortion. But like it always felt like they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Whereas now, again, like they've tasted power because Donald Trump gave them power. And now they're kind of like, no, we're going to take it away. Look, we can do it. We figured it out. Whereas before it kind of was always just like something they said. So you knew that if the person you voted in got into the office, like, oh, like my president agrees with me. Whereas now it's like my president agrees with me. Give me no more dead fetuses. And it's like, okay, calm down. Calm the fuck down. Just on that note, if you guys aren't from Texas or haven't been paying attention, Texas passed a bill in which you can't have an abortion if it's past six weeks of pregnancy. But most women don't know that they're pregnant at six weeks. So um, that's what we're dealing with right now here in Texas. Uh, It's a great place to live, guys. But anyways, moving on, because one of the people as we were doing research whose name kept popping up was Cardi B being really, really, really outspoken about politics. And as you guys probably know, she was like a former stripper before she became Cardi B as we know her today and so like a lot of people will diminish her just from the fact that she was a stripper and being like oh that's not a real job like that like they don't give her any value in society because of her having that status already but to my point I think it's entirely important for someone of Cardi B's background which is wholly different than like people who are represented in the political system as I was saying like to be able to speak about politics it's so important and so she's been like a big advocate even since before like the the like Donald Trump election in 2016 but she was talking with Bernie then she's done like a lot of talks with Bernie so especially in 2020 she did like more like Instagram lives and stuff with Bernie Sanders as well talking about politics and so there's an op-ed in ET of all places (laughs) But this was actually very helpful by Manuel Bentecourt in September 2020 that's titled How Cardi B Became the Political Advocate We Need During These Unprecedented Times. So Manuel writes, it's Cardi's ability to speak directly to her fans, both in English and in Spanish, as she did in the census PSA she shot with New York City's mayor's office. And that fact makes it necessary for to have a voice like hers especially in 2020 and then cardi says listen i don't talk like a cnn correspondent and i don't use all this fancy vocabulary but i do give you the real while entertaining you at the same time and keep your attention on what's important and Mm -hmm. that right there is so important because politics can be confusing there's so much jargon around it where if you don't know it's so hard to understand what's going on and she's saying i don't talk like a cnn correspondent she talks like someone 
that's relatable to people. Mm-hmm. She talks in a way that we understand, especially her fans. And the fact that she knows, she's like, I'm an entertainer. I'm here to entertain. But there's also things you need to know about living your daily life. I'm just like, oh my God, like yeah. <laughs> snaps. Because that is the, that's the best take of all of them, honestly. Yeah, because she wants her fan base to be informed. And I feel like that's the most important thing is it's like, Politics is important to her and she understands that as somebody who used to work as a stripper, politics and who you're voting for are so important to your rights as somebody who works in something that a lot of people are going to view as sex work, even though you're not having sex with anybody, you know? And so, I mean, her being an advocate for this and very much like a staunch socialist, basically, because she very much backed Bernie Sanders. Like, her main goal, it seemed, from watching her talk about politics and all of this was not to be like, you have to vote for Bernie Sanders or else. It was just to educate her followers about why it's important to care about politics and make it accessible and digestible which again are words I keep using in this episode so take a shot every time I say digestible um (laughs) but I mean she even interviewed Biden during the presidential campaign and that had over a million views at the time of this article I'm sure it surpassed that by now But it's just this thing where, like, even though she was a Bernie Sanders supporter through and through, still, once he lost the race to Biden, she jumped on that and was like, "Okay, I'm going to talk to Joe Biden, too, and, like, show my followers why he should be trusted. But also, I feel like that goes to show just, like, how much Joe Biden as a candidate and now as a president, like, does respect people from different backgrounds and different upbringings because he agreed to do that interview. And it's like, yeah... Of course, he's go like he he's gonna have to because Cardi B is obviously a very important voice in music and pop culture, but also in politics because she has been so loud about her political standings. But also, it's still like he never once talked down to her or once made it seem like she was being stupid or asking stupid questions. Like it was a very well done interview and a very respectful interview. And I think, again, this just shows how if you take somebody like Cardi B seriously and show that she can be respected by people who you wouldn't expect to respect her, especially people in politics, that just shows and proves to everybody that politics is supposed to be something that you can understand. It is supposed to be something that's accessible to everyone. And and so I just think that it's so important and incredible, like everything that she has done to prove that to the world. Yeah, I think... I think more than anything, it's kind of like, hey, I deserve to have a seat at the table. I deserve to be part of this conversation no matter what my background is. And like she shouldn't have to be respected to be taken seriously. You know, like people shouldn't look down. I mean, I mean, obviously people shouldn't look down on her like for her background or whatever it is. But it's just that idea that like politics are for everyone and not essentially just for the white elite. Like everyone of every background deserves to have their voice heard, deserves to have a seat at the table, deserves to be educated on what's going on. And so Cardi B doing this is like truly amazing. And the fact that like too, like she was very, very, very much like a staunch like Bernie supporter. And the fact that she's like, all right, Joe Biden is like not Bernie, but he's also not fucking Trump, you know? And so like, (laughs) we're going to have to level with what we have. And like, unfortunately, that's kind of the situation that we're in right now. So Cardi, again, in the same Instagram post that was mentioned in this ET article, she says, I just want to bring awareness to what's going on in our country and around the world. I want to make sure all of my followers are aware and make change. And then in all caps, she says, we have the power to make change. And that's what's so important is just that awareness. Because like we, we mentioned in school, 
they don't actually teach you about what's currently going on in the world. Like, I think there's, like, a very specific type of course that talks about, like, current politics, and it's not the stuff you're required to take. And so, like Sarah said, it's pretty much bullshit because when you get out of high school, it's like, good luck. Like, if you don't know anything, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just fucking insane. It's so insane. And it's so incredible that, again, like, Cardi B has used her voice in this way. But also the Republicans, when they see somebody that they're like, you're not supposed to be talking about politics because, again, they're not who they want to be talking about it. They come and attack them and they send people after them. And like even Cardi B can get doxxed, which is the thing that's insane and horrible and scary. Is it's just like the conservatives will target people who they think are less than them and be like, you have no right to be doing this. You're not allowed to be talking about politics. But again, it's the hypocrisy of it all when somebody does approve of the conservative candidates then the conservatives are like oh my god we love we love when famous people talk about politics how amazing of them yeah so cardi herself like literally stopped talking about politics as much anymore as of october 2021 somebody tweeted cardi used to talk about politics and political matters what happened with that and she tweeted back i was tired of getting bullied by the republicans and also getting bashed by the same people i was standing up for and this billboard article by her and mamo details that Cardi interviewed now President Joe Biden as well as former Democratic candidate Bernie Sanders ahead of the 2020 election. Ben Shapiro brought his fellow conservative commentator Candace Owens onto a show who claimed that the tactics were pandering to black American voters by appealing to their music tastes and later sparked their own political debate with Cardi. But it's like this is the thing you think that black American voters are only defined by their music tastes. It's like no this is a platform where it's easily accessible easy to reach them. They trust Cardi B. Cardi's a great person a great advocate to be able to speak to her literal millions of fans and so even after that cardi also opened up about how she wasn't quote just bullied by the republicans but she was also harassed by trump supporters during an instagram live video to the point where one teenage boy tried doxing her home and she says they be degrading me they be making fun of me i ignore them i don't give a fuck shit gets so intense that a trump supporter posted my address encouraged people to dox my home to put my house on fire i literally hired a private investigator and served them a warrant to arrest this boy so it's like this is a thing of like cardi's doing so much good work out here to educate people and to advocate for that and this is what she's met with of people literally doxing her house and she's hiring a private investigator to the point where she's now not talking as politics as much as she was it's sad because this is what they want but at the same time i guess i can understand if for example if she feels like right now we're in a better political climate that she doesn't feel the need to speak out about every little thing because at the end of the day like it's her choice when she wants to speak out like it's not her job to speak out so like i definitely understand her like taking a step back from it but it's also just sad that if you're gonna speak out about it like this is what you're gonna be faced with yeah i don't know it's just so crazy because again it's always about trying to silence the people you disagree with so i think that like the thing that is interesting is the people on the left are trying harder to like educate people on the right but the people on the right don't want to be educated at all because they're just like no my viewpoints are correct and you're wrong and i don't want to listen to you and they kind of like stick their fingers in their ears and they're like la di da di da and i'm not saying that like the left is perfect because there are a lot of people who are verging on communism and (laughs) a lot of these viewpoints where it's like, okay, but that's literally never worked like throughout history. Like it's never worked. It's always just wound up 
in tatters and terror, you know. But again, it's like the fact that the right are trying to silence people that they disagree with and are trying to scare them into silence is genuinely terrifying because, again, it's just that thing of like they've felt empowered and therefore are like, let me use this power that Donald Trump has given me. Well, also, I mean, going on that, earlier this week you had shared this article on our Instagram. It was a, like a, an op-ed like from Roxanne Gay about why she was leaving Spotify because of all the Joe Rogan stuff that's been happening with him doing COVID misinformation on top of the fact that he's just racist and sexist and all of the this um <laughs> and spotify will do nothing about it so roxanne gay was like writing about like how there's a difference between cancel culture and and curation and essentially like right now conservatives well i will say the very extreme conservatives like QAnon level people are saying this cancel culture like we we we're not allowed to say what we think like this is against freedom of speech all this stuff and then roxanne gay's counterpoint was like we're curating what we allow into our lives and this conversation is harming people and not helping people yeah yeah and i feel like that's important like my viewpoint is pretty similar as it's like you need to essentially curate the bad (laughs) out of your life it's this complicated thing because it's like you should not be spreading misinformation like misinformation should not be allowed but it's also just like if you so adamantly are like pro-life as long as you're not affecting me personally talk about whatever the fuck you want like think whatever you want but I don't want it in my viewpoint I don't want to hear about it and if I don't hear about it and you're not trying to ruin my life with your viewpoints whatever (laughs) you know like you're not going to be able to cancel everybody's viewpoints you're not going to be able to change everyone but again it's just like there are certain things that I feel like surpass what freedom of speech is and that is spreading lies and misinformation and just like giving people bullshit or posting somebody's address on the internet like people should be banned from being able to post on reddit or whatever site if they're doxing people or like spreading legitimately harmful misinformation you know and I feel like that's so different from people being like oh you can't I don't even know because it's like the Republican side of government has has moved so conservative and so dangerously conservative that I I can't even in good faith be like yeah it's just fine if you like run-of-the-mill republicanness because run-of-the-mill yeah. republicanness doesn't even exist anymore like yeah people aren't voting republican anymore I mean people still are but it just shows how much they're like fine with sexism and racism and whatever but like a lot of people have stopped voting republican because they realize that just voting Republican for their bank account or their tax bracket isn't worth all the other things that people can lose. It is scary to think that people vote Republican for those reasons alone. It's literally terrifying. It is literally terrifying that people vote Republican just for their bank account because you're saying that you don't care about any other human lives that are not the same as you. So in other examples of musicians using their platform to speak out, Lady Gaga has been one who's been speaking out for a long time like not just even recently not since the trump era she's been like pretty good advocate like her whole career and again that's something that you know prior to 2014 if you were speaking about politics it was seen as 
polarizing of like okay well you're clearly speaking to a very specific audience and I think for people who are strong in their beliefs and know what they stand for they're like that's fine like if you don't (laughs) if you don't support my beliefs I don't want you as a fan anyways and that's what more people are coming to realize and have that same stance as well but in an interview with Glamour Lady Gaga was kind of like asked about her politics a little bit this writer Christopher Rosa mentions that not even 24 hours after the presidential election results Lady Gaga was protesting outside Trump Tower in New York City. And of course, like those who followed the pop singer's career shouldn't be surprised by this because she's always been outspoken about issues she believes in from LGBT empowerment to sexual assault awareness and the Black Lives Matter movement. But Gaga's transparency about everything, not just her politics, is one of the qualities fans love most about her. And they see themselves in her as she see herself in them. Like I said, it's so important when you do have those people who are standing up for the things you believe in, you're going to feel all the more close to them and want to support them. And so Glamour asks, how has the current political climate changed the way you approach your live shows? And Gaga says, it doesn't change how I do my live shows. It changes everything. We've all experienced it. It's not something that I apply when I'm on stage. I apply it to my life. These are our morals and our ethics and our values on the line. So I carry them with me throughout my day and then on stage. And this is a thing of like, essentially the whole thing that we're getting at with this episode is that politics affects us in our daily lives. How can that not seep over into art? Art is reflective of what we're living, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling. So Gaga is like literally saying that like politics is part of my life, is part of how I exist in this world, is part of how I exist in America. How could I not sing about it? How could it not affect my live shows? How could it not leave an impression yeah. in my art? And this is the thing that like the shut up and sing thing is so stupid. And like the same thing happens with like Colin Kaepernick when he like took a knee during yeah. the national anthem of it's like shut up and play that thing. It's like these are humans too. Like yeah. we're all living in the same universe. You can't say politics are only for people who are in politics. You can't say that. Yeah, and I feel like that's what's so important is it's like music doesn't really exist without, you know, turmoil or anything like that. And it's like there's not only songs about relationships or emotions. There are songs about politics. There have been songs about politics forever from every race and creed and background people have been singing about politics i mean country music essentially started on the back of being political and singing about political viewpoints you know and so this thing of like oh you shouldn't conflate the two like they should be different they should be separate it's like no because politics are truly affecting our lives every single day they're putting people's rights at risk they're putting people's lives at risk they're putting people's abilities to just like exist at risk and so you can't expect musicians to not have a voice in it just because you want to like enjoy their music without knowing their political standing it's like i want to watch glee without somebody being outed as of pedophile but that's not possible like why do i have to listen to music and not know what political stance they're having like there's so many things all the time where you wind up finding out that somebody you looked up to or a show you enjoyed was written or was starring somebody who's a bad person who's done bad things why can there not also have music where people are just openly talking about political standpoints that they're a part of when being political is a human nature thing it's part of your human rights as an american citizen to have access to politics and to take part in voting and all these things and it's like every day you come across people who do shitty things or are part of bad stuff and being a political person isn't a bad thing compared to other shit that your favorite celebrities get out for doing all the time you know 
Yeah. And something that goes kind of hand in hand with that too is like the fact that, especially in recent years, religion, specifically talking about Christianity, has been so closely intertwined with the conservative party. And we just did a bonus episode on our Patreon talking about the role of religion today and celebrity worship and how a lot of people are turning more to spirituality because religions, especially in America that we grew up like Christianity, aren't reflecting the values that we think they're supposed to reflect. And it's interesting because Lady Gaga talks very openly about how she is Christian and how she does support LGBTQ rights. And and as I mentioned previously, she supports Black Lives Matter. She supports everyone, even though she's a Christian. And I think especially today, there's not a lot of space for Christians who want to support everyone because it has become so intertwined with conservative values. And I think that's caused a lot of Christians to have to walk away from the church they were once with and are struggling to find their community of people because Lady Gaga, during one of her live shows, slammed Mike and Karen Pence as the worst representation of Christianity. And she goes on to say, I'm a Christian woman. And what I do know about Christianity is that we bear no prejudice and everybody is welcome. So there is like part of this conversation too, that's like, because politics have become so divided, it's left this space where there are Christian people who do have good values, but there's no space reflected for them really in politics. Well, because like the political Christian is very much so hinged on like evangelical Christianity. Whereas like from my knowledge of Christianity and like my friends who are quite religious, but also quite liberal, it's like, Jesus was a leftist like everything about the original Bible is just about like care for thy neighbor and take care of everybody and don't be judgmental don't be an asshole kind of situation it's just so crazy how conflated and like confused evangelical Christianity has made politics and the world to the point where it's kind of leaching into other factions of Christianity and causing all this issue with people who truly believe in God and religion and they found solace in it and now they feel closed off. And I mean, again, like I've said, I'm sure that there are people who have Jewish religious trauma, but like I don't know anybody with Jewish religious trauma, but like the amount of people I see on TikTok constantly talking about like Christian and Catholic religious trauma from growing up and like being made to feel like they weren't accepted and respected in their religion, even though they really love that community and they you know, like it must be so harrowing and difficult to love a community and want to be part of a community and constantly being told like you there's no space for you there because you don't fit within something. And it's like that's literally not what religion's supposed to be about. And then when it comes into politics, it then makes politics something where it's just like, oh, if you're not X, Y, Z, then you don't belong here. You don't deserve to have basic human rights or services and it's just like it's so insane and it's so interesting to me because the next example we have here is literally Dua Lipa who's British and it just feels so dystopian that we had to have a British pop star interview Bernie Sanders about healthcare to like have more young people be listening and understanding to what's going on but also it's like Technically, England's a a Catholic country. Like, there's the Church of England, and it's like, why shops close early on Sundays? And why people are taught about religion in, like, every school? Like, you don't have to just go to a religious school to, like, have religious studies in England. And yet this country, it's like, after 8 p.m., there's just dicks on TV. And, like... (laughs) 
Even though the conservative party is like in control of the government, women aren't afraid of losing their rights. But also at the same time, Boris Johnson was like, oh, if we viewed misogynistic comments as a hate crime, we'd be way too busy. So we're not going to do that. Did he really say that? (laughs) Like essentially, like I'm paraphrasing, but like essentially, yeah. 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 Um, oh my god and so i mean like this is the thing is it's like england definitely has its flaws it's not a perfect country to say the least but it's like if you are british through and through you have no real fears of any of your rights being taken away like if you're an immigrant this sucks to be you (laughs) in england but british people are all fine here like no matter who's in charge (laughs) oh my god Well, Uh. the thing with Dua Lipa is she talked with Bernie Sanders on, like, Instagram Live, I think it was. And I think they discussed, like, several things, but she was primarily asking him about healthcare. And I remember watching this video at the time, and she was, like, you know, talking about, like, for my fans, like, I really want them to be able to understand this. And so they were talking about, you know, because in England they have the National Health Service, and Bernie was asking Dua, he was like, if you need to go to the hospital for something, like, what does it cost you? And she was like, it's free. And so Bernie was explaining how healthcare is tied to your job, so if you lose your job, especially in a pandemic, you don't have any healthcare, you can't go to the hospital. It is literally such a miserable situation for us in America, you guys. You guys don't even understand. I was, like, looking at health insurance stuff this week. I was like, this is this is literally the stupidest thing I've ever had to deal with. But the point being is that Dua Lipa, who is a British citizen, was like, it's important for me to understand this. It's important for my fans to understand this. It's important for people in England to understand what's going on. Because yeah. like, as much as we hate to say America's the center of the earth, whatever, what happens in American politics starts to leach into like other countries of like, if they see someone like Donald Trump doing all those racist things on TV, they're like, hey, maybe it's okay to be racist. Maybe it's okay for me to hate women. Maybe it's okay for me to take people's rights away. Like those ideas leach into other places too. Yeah, I just remember so vividly also Bernie being like, well, how much does it take to call an ambulance? And she was like, nothing, it's free. It's part of my rights. As imagine. a British citizen, like, I can't imagine. And he was like, yeah, well, some people, um, their insurance doesn't cover ambulances, so it's cheaper to take a taxi to the hospital and hope for the best. And Dua, It is literally Dua, Dua so was, fucked. Was, like, <laughs> in so much shock. And it was just one of those things where it was like, I was just, like, it just felt like telling a rich person, like, how little you have, like, you know, it just like was yes. one of those, those experiences of just like telling somebody something that they think everybody just has access to. And then yes. they realize like, oh, um, is America a third world country? And it's like, yes, do my sweet, sweet doula peep. It is. <laughs> yeah. American healthcare is absolutely the worst thing. If you guys don't live in America, congrats. Um, I don't know. Not every country has universal health care, though. So I know there's other situations out there that are yeah, probably... Yeah, but not every country, like, touts itself as the El Dorado the of countries. Yes. They're not like, yeah. come here, we're the chosen one. And it's like, are we, though? Because, like, who the fuck has rights here? Yeah. Elon Musk. And he's not even American. So, I mean, like, there are, there are vast examples of how musicians have used their voice to show just how important it is to be open and and honest about their political views, especially like around the Me Too movement. A lot of women were talking about like women's rights and all that sort of stuff like Kesha. But also you had Halsey, who at the Women's March after Donald Trump was elected president, gave a really moving speech about her experience with sexual assault and using Planned Parenthood. Um, And it was just like 
a very beautiful poem. And I think, again, like these are these things where most artists like Halsey or like Lady Gaga, like these people are already paying attention to politics, but not all of them. And so if you're a stan and you give your time and energy to these musicians and you see them passionately taking part in humans human rights marches or black lives matter marches or women's marches or what have you and feeling empowered to go up on stage and speak about their personal experience and like why the rights for xyz group are important and why we need to be focusing on this like you as a fan are going to pay attention to that And it's the same thing that I talk about all the time about when people are like without this band or this group, like I never would have realized like how many different upbringings people came from, like my horizons wouldn't have broadened. And it's like, it's not the band, it's the people that you're associating yourself with. And so again, it's that thing where it's like, if you see your fave going out and talking at a march or doing this thing, and then you see your fellow fans who are like really into politics, if you're not really into politics, posting and being like, wow, this is so important. I love this. Like, here's some more reading if you're interested in like what this march was about that she did. And like, it's so easy for fans to help other fans because their collective fave is doing something in support of a certain political party or what have you. And that can really help educate people and like you you do see a lot of stories of people who grew up in conservative families learning through their peers about how conservative teachings are not necessarily the best teachings to be teaching people and like how if you broaden your horizons and you actually care about these other groups like there are political parties out there available for you to take part in that will actually be trying to support and help those people in those marginalized groups that you do care about, but like always felt like you weren't allowed to. Yeah. And I think the other thing is it doesn't always feel political when you're going through it. So like, for example, like me kind of like being tapped into like the BTS fandom on Twitter has shown me a totally different side of fandom because like I wasn't in fandom for so long. And so it's like, even if like BTS isn't necessarily doing something political, well, I mean, like they gave a speech at like the UN, for example, which obviously relates to politics but it's like then fans will go and dissect like this is what this means and this is why this is important or even just in their songs too like they were talking about xyz and it means this this and this and like this these are the values they stand for it's like fans want to help each other fans want to educate each other because it's all in the common interest of like their fave as you said of like Mm -hmm. this is part of the experience of enjoying bts or whatever artist it is and knowing kind of like what they stand for and you're like wow like that really matters to me like this is really important to me too even just one of the biggest messages of bts that people always refer to is like the love yourself message and even something as simple as that it can affect your daily life and then you start to see things in a different light and the more you participate in fandom you start to get educated on things you maybe didn't know about and that starts to change your perspective and eventually it does become political yeah yeah exactly and that's the thing is it's like you can so easily be eased into learning about politics where you start to understand what your viewpoints are, what your core values are of like what matters to you, whether that be discovering your sexuality or discovering how much you believe that women should be equal to men or whatever the case may be. All of these things are tied into politics and that's something that we're not really taught about in school like at all yeah. other than they'll be like, oh, like the suffragette movement, oh, the civil rights movement and it's like okay but how does that tie into specific political parties like how does that tie into candidates how does that tie into like who i should be voting for you know 
these are things that unfortunately you have to go and learn for yourself. And it's just it's genuinely just like so interesting because I just remember like when Obama was running for president, that was like the first time that I ever really got intrigued in politics but I was too young to vote for him the first time around yeah but so many people were talking about it that I started reading articles and I started paying attention to it and it's just so funny looking back now because I just remember so vividly when I was in my first year of uni in England and it was Obama trying to get his second term as president against Mitt Romney and I was like freaking out I was like oh my god if Mitt Romney becomes president I'm gonna lose all my rights as a woman Mitt Romney was not gonna take my rights away but I did not understand politics enough to not get that but it's just so interesting looking at it now from like the the post Donald Trump presidency times of like I had for some reason had the fear instilled in me that Republicans were bad and they were coming for me and that's literally been proven even though like at the time like it very much was like even no matter how much a Republican candidate is talking about anti-abortion or whatever like they were never going to actually do anything about it because it wasn't necessary or important but again it's like once a villain gets power the smaller villains are like let's see what I can get away with yeah and like I hate to like conflate things into like villains but I mean, Greg Abbott's a villain. Like, he's a bad man. (laughs) Captain America would be punching him into oblivion if Captain America were real, you know? Like... It's just it's just not about that. Like you we truly have quintessential comic book villains in in the government right now, which is terrifying. But it's just so funny, like looking back on my minimal political knowledge that I had and like how much I've grown from 21 year old Sarah to almost 30 year old Sarah of like me teaching myself about politics and how completely well, not completely, but like 60% unwarranted fears that I had when I was 21 are like legitimate fears that we're like fully fighting for and like giving money towards to not have happen and like to try and help people right now. And it's just insane yeah. how far flung politics have moved to you're on one side or the other and there is no in between. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly amazing you had that intuition or like a healthy fear. I'll say a healthy fear. Yeah. Um, back then. <laughs> because I was like I was quite ignorant about politics for a while. I mean, until probably yeah. until like the Donald Trump election. So I mean the fact that you were kind of already like tuned into that earlier than I was, that's saying something. I mean, my example is saying something of the fact that never learned this in school, never thought I had to care about it, which is the privilege talking, yeah. until you realize, oh fuck, this is gonna be really Really bad not just for me but for a lot of people yeah yeah I mean it's just like it's so weird but every year time hop likes to remind me of my Facebook statuses about how oh my Romney's gonna take all my rights away from me oh so God. I'm like wow I was real on the nose real copy on the nose paste <laughs> copy paste different insert different name and it's true oh my god but yeah I would love to know for those of you listening what your experience has been if you grew up in a country outside of America or yeah. also if you grew up in America and have thoughts on like what based on what we said I'd be really fascinated to continue this conversation on social media yeah for sure and I mean like there's so many more avenues to take this on because there's so much history that we didn't even cover just about women's 
using music as a way to be political before they were legally allowed to be so. So if you did enjoy this conversation, would like to hear more about the past of this or any other discussions based around music and politics, specifically like women utilizing music for politics, like please let us know because we would love to continue giving you guys what you want to hear about. And like Jenna said, like if anybody is from out of the country or from America, I feel like also just like from other generations, because we do know that our listenership does span more than just Gen Z and like early millennial generation. So I think it would be really intriguing, especially to hear from like older listeners, what they remember from growing up here or even growing up in other countries and hearing about America, because I'm sure it's like so interesting. So if you have any thoughts or feelings and would like to share them with us, you can come do so on social media. We are at name three songs on Instagram or Twitter. And thanks for joining us this week on name three songs until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're never too cool to listen to cardi b don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name three songs.com it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.